Hello, Hive Nation, and welcome back to another episode of the Hive Nation podcast, where we connect individuals to leaders in coaching, mentorship, leadership, and personal and professional growth, where we give you the tools to learn from the experts. Today, we have a very cool episode. We're in a room full of mentors. Our guest today happens to be Jason's personal mentor, and as some of you may know, Jason is my mentor. So I'm going to pass it over to Jason to introduce everybody to our guest. Thanks, Greg. Appreciate that. So today's guest is Corey Leonard. Uh, Corey, I've known Corey now 17 years, uh, going on 17 years. Uh, it's gone fast, but uh, here's to another 17, Corey, for sure. Uh, so today we'll discuss the highs and lows uh, and everything in between the outer noise, the inner noise, the, the confidence that it takes to survive in today's business world with Corey. Um, Corey's well accustomed in making those tough decisions. Uh, uh, Corey has been part of several successful John Deere uh, dealerships and uh, he's part of, uh, was part of an ownership group as well. And uh, so going forward, uh, Corey, thanks a lot for being here. I appreciate it. Thanks, Jay. And uh, super excited to be here. Awesome. Thank you. Um, uh, my first question for you is your journey and where it started and how it started and how it got you to where you are today. Sure, no, absolutely, Jay. Like I was saying earlier, I could talk all day long on that. I've been fortunate to uh, uh, have a lot of good people in my, in my life. I grew up in a small town, community of Harris, Saskatchewan, uh, not far from Saskatoon. And, uh, you know, we had a, a family farm that uh, my parents were young, young parents. So we lived on a farm with two houses. My grandparents were there as well. So uh, I had a lot of influence from my granddad, and uh, you know he was he was old school. Um, came through a lot of the tough years back in the you know the 30s and the 40s and whatnot. And I learned very quickly as a young guy about what um, hard work was all about, and also just being a good person. Right? He was um, wasn't what I would call super active in the community, but he was definitely looked up to. Uh, so I had a, a great family environment. Um, was also in, involved with competitive sports during high school and at the time it was about, you know, this is 1983, right? So here I am driving a tractor doing summer follow, which a lot of the listeners wouldn't even know what that is <laughs> anymore. Um, but uh, had an opportunity to join a, a Team Saskatchewan and go on a bus trip to Brandon, Manitoba, which meant I was no longer on that tractor driving up and down the field for four days straight. So um, use that uh, to, uh, you know, that whole kind of sports journey to uh, meet some new people, um, met some great coaches during that, and, and I had a fair bit of success. That led to the Canada Games in 85 and 89, and uh, uh, again, some great coaches and some great people. Um, so that was kind of my, my early experiences, the small town community, the good family environment, and the athletics. And then, you know, kind of jumping forward into the... Uh, uh, you know, the early 20s, that was a great springboard kind of into uh, my next chapter and uh, work life and then into my business career. Very, very cool. So that takes you to through to like university days now and uh, um, athletics within university days and then um, extending your, your education outside of your universities. Would you like to tell us about that? Yeah, absolutely. So I, was, I wasn't what you would call um, a real academic. I always uh, just managed to find my way through. Um, and if my kids are listening to this, I know they've heard this story. So, uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, I, uh, um, yeah, I was uh, uh, 
right when I first finished at U of S, I started working in the ag industry. So I was in uh, uh, the grain, uh, worked as a grain buyer, uh, crop inputs for a few years as well, and then ended up getting married at 26, 27. And, and it was kind of at that time where I realized, okay, Corey, it's, uh, you're, you're a competitive person, your athletic careers is uh, in, in the rearview mirror for the most part. Okay, what's next? So um, managed. I had some opportunities through, through work to move up. Um, I also had an opportunity to go back to school. So uh, I went back and did my MBA at age 31 through, at the University of Guelph. At the same time, I uh, had a young family. So uh, raised kids, worked full time, and uh, the MBA was, was part-time. It took me a year and a half. A lot of it was online, went down to Guelph a few times. Uh, but spent that year and a half and it was hard. It was my wife, she picked me up and threw me back in the ring several times as I am like, what in the hell am I doing, right? Yeah. But, but hung in there and uh, again, uh, you know, met some great people. I ended up connecting with, um, at the time, the business development manager for John Deere. Mm -hmm. And him and I, of course, went through this MBA journey for a year and a half. Um, and had discussions about what's next, what this is going to lead to. Of course, you come out of an MBA, you think you know everything, right? So, of course. Um, anyways, he, he ended up coming into my office. I was working at AgPro Grain in Saskatoon, and he put a, a do you want to be a John Deere dealer package on my desk. And to be honest, it's something that I'd never really thought about. So, um, uh, yeah, spent a little bit of time thinking that through, and I, I knew the uh, current owners at the time were also customers of mine that I bought grain from and sold farm inputs to. So I uh, had a conversation with, uh, with them, one of the brothers. And uh, as I said, I was just finishing up my MBA. His eyes perked up. He goes, that's actually what John Deere is telling us we need to have as part of the succession is, you know, need capital, obviously, which I didn't have at all. But um, anyways, it was a criteria that they were looking for. So he ended up kind of sharing my name with John Deere, and John Deere had another individual that was, uh, uh, let's say, the high majority of the capital, so got connected with a guy named Peter Lacey, um, and then Peter also knew the John Deere uh, territory manager that uh, at the time was down managing a sprayer factor in Des Moines, Iowa. So long story short, Peter put the two of us together. Um, and uh, Sheldon Gellner is his name. Sheldon flew up from Des Moines, we spent a day together. By the end of the day, we said, you know what? Yeah, let's do this. So over the course of the next 30, 60 days, we were putting a, a deal together to, uh, to buy the Saskatoon and Rostern uh, John Deere stores. We were part of service equipment. Peter had the public company model. They started back in 1999. And uh, at the time, it was really about the capital. Service was, nobody really knew that name. And <coughs> excuse me, his model was kind of allowing an opportunity for young entrepreneurs to come in to the John Deere uh, ownership world and be partners and be operating partners. So, so that, that was 2003, I'll never forget, uh, made one of my biggest leadership mistakes of my life <laughs> where we, uh, I stood up in the, in the training room, um, training room slash boardroom in our old farm and garden dealership, you know the room that I'm talking about, and announced the acquisition, Sheldon couldn't make it up, Peter wasn't there, here I am, I was you know, at the time 33 years old announcing to you know, 29 staff that I was their new, <laughs> their new leader and we were their new owners and I said, don't worry, nothing's going to change. Uh, not quite that blunt, but essentially that's yeah. what I alluded yeah. to. Oh, I couldn't have been more wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there were changes. Yeah. There were changes. And, uh, 
Yeah, so that was kind of my, you know, my journey into uh, uh, into the John Deere John Deere world. And like I like to say is, you know, we knew just enough to be dangerous at the time. And, and uh, but what I learned early on, probably the best uh, best slash worst um, kind of financial experience was uh, we lost two hundred thousand dollars in our first three months of business. Right. You talk to a guy that convinced his wife to put their house equity up. We were only third. We never had much, but we had that was what we had. So house equity. Uh, convinced my my dad, and my grandparents to put up some farmland. So I got all this leverage, right? And here we are, three months in. Oh, <laughs> this, is, this is not this is not good, right? Yeah. But what a, what a moment of reflection. Um, what I did is kind of reach back to who I was and. And what I uh, what I knew to do, and that was engage the team, right? Mm-hmm. And it was some real honest, hard conversations. Like, look, guys, you know, any one of you guys can sink me, you can sink us, right? That's the situation we're in. But um, if you're, uh, you know, wanting to make this work, if you can find a way to kind of rally around me, we're gonna have a shitload of fun, mm-hmm. and we're gonna make some things happen. Because in my uh, you know, previous experience, I knew the customer base very well, right? Uh, sure. From the from the input side, so I knew there were not many John Deere uh, farms out there. There were a lot that were not running John Deere equipment. So, um, so yeah, I just started pushing the team on who they were connecting with, and uh, you know, obviously, I was over engaged myself with the customer base. You know, Sheldon, my operating partner, he knew the John Deere side in and out, and uh, you know, handled the operations side and. And uh, yeah, the two of us just, uh, we ended up, you know, turning that year into a, a fairly successful year, made a little bit of money, managed to pay our loans. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll never forget that first uh, first shareholder uh, dividend check and uh, the smile <laughs> on my face, <laughs> yeah. you know, on my wife's face. Yeah. And uh, yeah. it was a pretty, pretty, pretty proud moment. So, um, so yeah, that was, uh, you know, kind of the entry into it. And then... You know, we ended up uh, we ended up growing the business. We uh, uh, you know took the staff over the course of kind of the first three years. We went from I think it was twenty eight or twenty nine up to fifty five staff. Um, we acquired uh, another uh, third location um, that was in two thousand and six. Kind of right as you were coming on, Jay, yeah. to the yeah, to the right. team, right? So. <clears throat> Um, that was our kind of our uh, first experience at integrating, right? At mm-hmm. a different store, and yes, same business, you know, John Deere folks and egg folks, but uh, yeah, lots of kind of lessons learned on how to take that really good team that we developed and then bring you know more people uh, into that into that mix. So, um, so yeah, there was uh, there was that, and then with service being you know the public company, um, uh, you know there was capital available. We did a, a a raise, we did a convertible debenture, um, raised some more capital, and that allowed us to buy more stores. So our kind of our Saskatchewan hub uh, turned into five five locations, and we were up to I think 120 employees by 2008. The service organization had another five stores in Alberta, um, and then that kind of capital access, if you will, led to buying a group of Bobcat uh, dealerships. So Bobcat in 2008. Um, continued to grow the, the deer business, um, and then in 2012, uh, got into the Peterbilt <laughs> business. So bought uh, Peterbilt, uh, a bunch of stores. At the same time, we got into Australia, New Zealand, and and you know throughout that journey, ended up with 72 locations over 17 years. And wow. uh, uh, yeah, just a wonderful, uh, wonderful experience. We cracked a, a billion dollars in total revenue, and uh, kind of the mid-teens, 2015, 2016, and. Uh, 
Yeah, it's uh, looking back on it, it's you know for a kind of a small town guy that was uh, again not the typical kind of MBA profile or uh, <laughs> ex executive uh, that you might pick out of a crowd, but I knew how to knew how to compete, right? I knew people, um, you know, love to win, and uh, was fortunate enough to surround myself with great people like like Jason and, and a bunch of other guys that uh, you know wanted to move the ball forward, mm -hmm. and, and we did. It's fun because we uh, we talked about this a lot about you know using your networks and like using the, the, the people that you know leverage them to you know take you to that next step. I mean they may not take you to the top of the ladder, but they can refer you to somebody who's in the next rung, right? And you know you can always work your way up there just within your network. And there's a lot of people that the listeners that are listening to this right now may not realize that they may look at their network and think, well, I don't those those people really aren't anybody's, but they all know somebody yeah. somewhere down the road and it's yeah. it's fun how that connects right the dots connect within that journey absolutely you never know who you're going to uh run into right and what those connections will uh, will lead to exactly well, yeah. just the little pieces of advice and everybody's different angle that they look at things from uh you see it all the time in the sports world you know everybody approaches something different and in the business leadership side you know everybody has their own style and you go, oh wow, I never thought of it that way, Corey. I'm, I'm taking notes here. That's amazing, I'm gonna use that. Uh, when, you know, same thing on the people you have on your phone. Just because you don't know what they're doing anymore, hey, give a guy a call and they all of a sudden you get that one light bulb and it makes it worth it, right? Yeah, it, it's not every phone call is gonna be like that, but I, no, I, it, it's no. great to have that in your back pocket, right? It's good. Absolutely. The other night I got out of the conversation that you just said, Corey, was, uh, the need for sales training. <laughs> I know a couple guys. Because yes, yes, yes. <laughs> apparently you were the sales trainer back in 2003. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, again, at the time, I had a little bit of sales training background, uh, but, you know, largely knew what just enough to be dangerous. And then, yeah. you know, got connected into some wonderful sales trainers. And, you know, you you were a part of uh, yeah. uh, lots of those, right? And and uh, I can remember uh, once, well, I'll say his name, Paul Kelly was the uh, guy that uh, he actually got referred to us by the, the Semple group. So mm -hmm. Gavin Semple referred him over to, uh, uh, to us at service. And, uh, you know, just what Paul brought to the table in terms of, uh, you know, the sales steps, the processes, the uh, referrals was one of his big things, big. right? It's, you know, kind of the blocking, blocking and tackling uh, of, uh, of the business is uh, it often gets forgotten. Right, yeah. <laughs> you know, we talk about all the time. Know. Such a simple. No, we had a, we had a whole workshop around just referrals for the most part. Yeah, because they're that powerful. Yeah, uh -huh. <laughs> I'll never forget that when Paul Kelly uh, presented to us, and he said that he got uh, Peter's name from Gavin, and he goes, "This was literally the phone call because I would have never ever got Peter Lacey's phone number or name otherwise." And he goes, "Literally, this was the phone call." Peter, this is Paul Kelly. You don't know me from Moses. I got your name from Gavin Semple. And then he goes, I can hear on the other end of the phone, Peter go like, aha, okay. I'm not going to hang up yet. <laughs> Shortly, but I'm not going to hang up yet. <laughs> you know, what can I do for you, right? Yeah. And then like, that's where the conversation, you know, went from. And it was all from, you know, name recognition. And you know that. Totally. And I will say that, uh, you know, Paul, wonderful individual, right? Uh, uh, came from Toronto. He's got the, you know, the long trench coat. He wouldn't have got in my door. <laughs> honest, honest, honest I, you know, at the time I'm drinking out of a fire hose, right? Extremely busy guy. I had, 
you know, every sponsorship sales, lots of people that were wanting, you know, in the door, but because he used the referral, absolutely. Uh -huh. He got in my door and then I'll just share kind of another thing. Cause I was just because he, you know, gave the names that he did, didn't mean that he was going to be, you know, necessarily what I needed, what I was sure. looking for. So kind yeah. of prove it out. Right. Yeah. So when I challenged him, he goes, all right, got it. So what he did is he went out to our locations and he interviewed, I remember if you were one of them or not, Jess. Right. Yeah, you were. Yeah, he interviewed the team, Yeah. right? He uh, asked, okay, hey, what are your pain points? What are your challenges? Uh, and he made notes, this was over the course of two, three days. And then he came back to me and he gave me the report. Well, you talk about validation, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yep, that's a problem. That's a challenge, right? Yep, that's a challenge. And, and uh, of course, it was Because short. he provided that solution. Yeah. Corey had the problems going in as, a, as an early adopter, and he had the solutions for it. That's exactly what everybody who's selling today should try and accomplish. Totally. He was selling his craft. Yeah, and he made the effort to truly understand what uh, what our pain points mm -hmm. uh, were, right? And I mean, you know, he could have come in and he just could have said, you know, here's the program, the steps, and he, yeah, I get it, you know, I understand, but until you gonna make that connection, mm -hmm. uh, that it brings it home, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, you know, that's, uh, yeah, that matters. And I don't know if he's, if Paul said this to everyone, but now that you say that, I remember that interview. And uh, at, when it was finished, he says, looks me through in the eyes, he says, I like you. <laughs> And I don't know if he said that to everybody, but it made me feel like 10 feet no. tall and bulletproof. No, no, I, no. I will get, he did like you. No <laughs> question. Yeah. No question. Yeah. Mr. Yeah. Mr. McMahon. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I had the swagger going on for yeah. sure. Uh, so, Corey, um, switching gears here just a wee little bit, uh, talking about mentorship. And, uh, you know, I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you being my mentor. And when I asked you, you immediately jumped at it. And, and that was... That was that felt really good for me, right? And so, in the mentorship type of world, you know, what would you say to people who either are thinking about getting into mentoring or you know, are wanting to mentor somebody for succession? Yeah, I'd say you know a, a couple things. Um, you know, people sometimes don't know what they don't know, and uh, you know, if you uh, if you like helping people, which if you're, if you're a successful individual, right, chances are you haven't done it on your own. You've had a tremendous amount of in, good influences in your life. And just if you think back uh, to what that felt like, right, when that person that was there for you during that, you know, really shitty time or during that fabulous win, right, mm -hmm. um, just kind of reflect on that and how cool it is to, you know, uh, help people succeed on their journey and be a part of that um, is... Uh, falls into a pretty special place or a special category. So sure. Anybody that's thinking about it, just, yeah, um, give it a shot. I mean, you know, you obviously have to be uh, that type of person, right, that's willing to, you know, give and be a good coach and, and provide good guidance and also harsh feedback too, right? Being yeah. a good mentor doesn't mean being a best friend all the time. Like, no. look, mm -hmm. sorry, Jay, but that part sucks. <laughs> yeah. Man, you need to hear that. Yeah. Right? You have to need, need to be honest. And, yeah. Uh, um, you know, that whole honest approach, it leads to trust and credibility. Mm -hmm. You've got that, uh, you can uh, really, you know, do some great things. The one thing for me, for being Greg's mentor, it was easy for me to say yes to Greg because he's half, exactly half my age. Greg's 24, I'm 48, Yeah. right? So it was easy. I always said to Greg, I said, if I had a sales trainer or mentor when I was 22 at the time, when I was 22, I wouldn't be talking to you, I'll be honest. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they just, it would have right. happened, my life would have changed drastically with it. And I think people underestimate that, you know, that power of having a mentor or somebody who they can <clears throat> lean on at least to answer yeah. those questions. And some of them, maybe those difficult questions where the guy <laughs> says, that is freaking stupid. Like, I'm not sure where you're going with that, but you probably should throw that away. Right. You know, or, right. or something like that. Some sort right. of feedback, right? And we don't, uh, I don't think we, I don't think we lean on that enough nowadays. I think maybe our ego gets in the way a little bit as well, right? That, Absolutely. You know, I know it all. And so, you know, why, why would you tell me any different, right? A-type personalities? What? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> and that's the thing, you know, many times, uh, <laughs> Since I, Jason became my mentor, people went, man, has it really made that big a dip, of a difference? I went, absolutely. Uh, I don't have to tell my, at the time, my boss, you know, if I botched a sale or I fumbled a football for all intents and purposes. I went, hey, JB, uh, I need, need some advice here. Here's the situation. Here's what happened. Here's what I did. Can I bring it back? Is it gone? How do I pick the pieces up? And he went, all right, no problem. Let's just step it back. Yeah, you messed up. <laughs> Here's why. Now you go back and he gave me a timeline and a way to fix it so then I could then go to my boss and present a solution in the making, sometimes sometimes a full solution, but not just, oh, God, uh, bad news. <laughs> uh, we crashed the boat. <laughs> and, and it got rid of that pressure of having to win every sale. But then at the same time, when there was those big wins, having that validation went, well, you won because you did these three things. And it made the biggest difference. I was in a bit of a slump. I was just getting into the industry. And then my uh, wins just exponentially boosted. I went from being average to doing really well. And yeah, anybody listening, if you think somebody is your mentor or you want, you want one, just ask, go and find one, because it's it's a huge difference. Absolutely, when you do when you do start to get that good relationship with a mentor and get a few wins, right? It becomes contagious, right? It's like you know, yeah, you just you get fired up and the, yeah. the juices start flowing, and uh, yeah, that's when things can get really fun on a more regular basis. Right? Yeah. yeah, and the best thing, like you know, for myself with Corey is that. He has never been negative to me. There isn't one negative word that has ever come out of his mouth to me. And so there may be, there may be some sort of, uh, you know, he may play around the negativity, but he never, really never says that, you know, like, geez, that's a stupid idea or something. Yeah. He, he always, you know, words it differently as to like, well, you, this is what I've done in the past and it hasn't worked. Yeah. But this is what I've done in the past and has worked. Yeah. Right. And so I can appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Or it's the... Why do you think that's a good idea? That's a good one. And, and they make you think because they're not directly telling you, eh, it might not be the best idea. <laughs> then you kind of sit there and you, you're on the phone. If you're on the phone, you just quiet for a second. You're like, hmm. you know, I'm going to get back to you. <laughs> I got to do some more awkward. digging. Crap. So where did you have a mentor? Uh, coming through? I, I, I did. Uh, well, you know, you can look at, you know, Peter provided mentorship yeah. during the early years. And then, um, actually, a friend of mine that uh, goes back to our early track and field days, Greg Ewell, uh, connected me and Sheldon into the Raj Manik uh, mentorship okay. program in Saskatoon and uh, got connected with Vaughn Wyant as a, as a mentor. Vaughn's Very been cool. uh, my mentor for uh, 20 years and uh, that led to a business partnership. So we've got some... Uh, uh, business uh, venture that uh, we've been on on together for 15 years now. Very so. cool. 
So yeah, Vaughn uh, been a great mentor. Um, you know, we meet. Uh, you know, none of it was formal, right? It was all just kind of free flow conversations. Uh, he's a guy that I can go to, actually, and a guy that I went to when I made my change from service, uh, resigned from that group and bought back into a, a local uh, a private uh, group, uh, Grant McGrath, McGrath family with Western Sales and Western Tractor. Um, I went to Vaughn, <laughs> right, when I was uh, pondering that whole uh, decision and uh, yeah, provided some great advice to me. I also had a, an executive coach at the time too that was uh, uh, out of the US and, and um, you know, he, we, we went deep. He went into some, uh, um, peeled back some layers and uh, really, really challenged me. And, and, you know, what led to the decision was at the time I was 47 years old. And uh, he goes, you know, ten, last 10 years has gone by extremely fast as I'd shared with him. You know, what do you want the next 10 years to, to look like? So, um, and at that time it was, you know, I was... Essentially living in Calgary, had been for three years, but not living in Calgary. Mm -hmm. My family was here where they were all running crazy with competitive sports and my wife's a trooper running the show and, and my oldest son, I was pretty sure wanted to get involved with our family farm, right? He'd been running sprayer since he was 14 years old. Mm -hmm. So I knew just moving to Calgary and kind of taking that whole step um, was, uh, was not the best, right? Especially putting family first. Um, so yeah, so uh, Sander uh, Kovac at the time helped uh, help me maneuver through that uh, that juncture and, and make that change and and uh, yeah, so I I could go on because there are several mm -hmm. other more mentors and coaches that I've had had throughout my life and uh, yeah, they've just had a had a tremendous uh, tremendous impact. Very cool. So the the. Basically, that you know, don't limit yourself to one mentor. I guess would be you know part of that story, right? And you know, yeah. you may need one or two or three for different types of you know, maybe be personal, maybe be business, maybe be spiritual. Who knows, right? Any one of those, yeah. exactly. Yeah, depending on where you're at and uh, what you're looking for yeah. and the lens that the person brings to the table, right? Exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. So in the, in the realm of mentorship, we always talk about you know, how much value our mentors have given us and and continue to give us, but. How much can you learn from the people that you're mentoring, Corey? Oh, you know what? Uh, the answer is a ton. And I've always, again, shared kind of my background, who I was. Uh, I've never been afraid to hire people smarter than me. <laughs> and that was a mentor that shared that with me very, very early yeah. on in my, in my career. And uh, uh, so, you know, given that, I'm not saying I, you know, hired them all smarter than me, but uh, definitely there were a few and I just... You know, you learn so much, right, from people watching the journey and, and uh, you know, I've been a hockey coach over the years too when the kids were younger and, and there's, you know, you learn. You, you learn being a mentor or coach from kids that are that high, right, yeah. all the way to the big boys that are, you know, trying to do uh, multi-million dollar deals. So, sure. yeah, there's, uh, there's, there's a ton of value and, and uh, you know, I'm the type of person, type of mindset where, you know, the learning should never stop. Right, mm -hmm. and if your eyes wide open uh, throughout the whole mentoring process, and uh, you've got a good match, yeah, you're going to continuously learn from who you're coaching. If you're not learning, you're probably not being a good coach. Yeah, yeah you hit the nail on the head, and it comes down to you have to be coachable, but on both ends. Uh, we talked about it with lots of our guests. It's there's a lot of themes, funny enough, in our podcast where a lot of pull back to sports, to diversity and collaboration are. Why would we have a room full of five of the same guys 
that all have the same ideas. It's a waste of our time and we can you know, learn from so many different people. As you said, you have all these great coaches and mentors in your life from different walks of life. And because of that, you've got all this great knowledge to share with the people that you mentor now. Mm -hmm. So by extent, I have a ton of mentors as well because <laughs> I get experience from Corey's mentors and from Corey and from JB. And it's just that chain of experience moving mm -hmm. down and, and exactly. helping the next generation and the generation after. Yeah, exactly. Um, the last question I have for you, Corey, is, you know, a lot of people talk about, oh, I'm running out of time. I, I don't know where I'm going or what I want to do. So what advice could you give to somebody who's maybe lacking that direction in life and, and thinks that they're running out of time to be successful? I would say, uh, kind of cut out the bullshit, right? You know, the excuses, right? What you need to do is eliminate the noise. Uh, and I've been talking with this, uh, talking with some of my mentors and uh, business partners lately. It's, you know, we live in such an incredibly noisy environment right now, right? I mean, I'm not saying I wasn't busy when I was, you know, 30 years old, 33 years old, but man, just what's coming at us now, it's, it's these things, right? It's... Uh, the speed at which information is coming at you, you know, um, you're challenged to process it all. It's, you know, filter out what is crap, filter out what is really important. Um, I like to talk about the blocking and tackling, not that I was a big football guy, but you know, the basics of what is really important in life, in sales and business, more often than not, they get lost, right? Because of all this noise, all this distraction. And there's all this runway or opportunity uh, just to leverage those things, you know, focus on them and not once, not one day, one hour, right? Stick to it. Uh, I have a daughter who uh, was a competitive gymnast and now she's a competitive pole vaulter and she talks about the 10,000 reps, right? And it's like, yeah, okay, you know, you think you're going to get good at something, make it a habit because you sat down and had a good meeting or a good month or whatever? No. You know, yeah. <laughs> it takes a lot of work and, and stick with yeah. it and you're going to get thrown off your tracks, mm -hmm. right? You're going to get pushed in the ditch. And, sure. um, so, yeah, just that kind of simplifying things, again, probably maybe where I came from, who I am, growing small town in Saskatchewan, right? Just keep, yeah. it, keep it real and it's not that things can't get complex and you don't need to bring in all these different variables, but make damn sure you understand, you know, what the top three or even the top five, don't make it 20. <laughs> yeah. things are and how well are you doing on that and uh, yeah that I've seen work uh, multiple times over mm. the course of my, uh, my my journey and I've forgotten them I've gotten away from them yeah. right <laughs> you get down these paths and oh man there's a squirrel right? <laughs> yeah. squirrel right? exactly, and yeah. here we go and all of a sudden yeah your results are shitty or yeah. you're not feeling good it's like man back to the basics yeah. get at it stick with it uh, yeah, execute. So. I think that's an important part uh, too to know. It's not always going to be checking off everything on Jason and I call it the big three and getting like every important thing done. We're gonna you know get punched in the face. We're gonna get drawn back, and that's all right. We just always have to come back. Like there's lots of frustrating times in starting up a business, in doing a merger, in athletic career, in anything. But if you have one bump and go, that's it, I'm done. Mm -hmm. Okay, I guess you're done then. <laughs> or you could ask for advice, ask for help, you know, take your bumps and move forward. Yeah. Right, understand the lessons learned. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, 
course correct, right? Exactly. Lessons yeah. learned. <laughs> There's been a few. There's been a few. I'll just share another kind of quick little clip. I like to talk about my, my kids and my family a lot. So uh, my, my oldest son and I, uh, my oldest son's now taken over our family farm. And, and we had a, a completely shitty crop here this last, last two years. So it kind of forced us to learn um, uh, some new skill sets being in the futures markets. And uh, we've had a lot of fun together uh, kind of learning, you know, more about how to execute on futures, puts and options, etc. And that's led to some other, other trading activities as well. And we have done extremely well in the last seven months. And he's embraced it and, and uh, uh, learning a ton. But we, we, yeah, we just got kicked in the... <laughs> recently a small one right but yeah. just you know so we, we we were both down about it but uh, kind of used that regroup lessons learned I was able to bring kind of my experience on you know some of those uh, old teeth knocking uh, uh, moments over my years and uh, yeah you, you pick up your socks and, and uh, look to play another day right mm. if the markets were easy everybody would play it totally exactly the markets are not easy Well, um, Corey, we could talk to you for hours, I'm sure. Um, And for all the listeners out there going, I want to talk to Corey, uh, I'm pretty sure they can find you on the Sales Hive and uh, a ton of other sales coaches on there too. And if not sales, there's uh, there's probably a hive for you there. So check it out. Um, But for Jason, Corey, Hive Nation, we're out.